When I was in high school, this guy fell in love with me and his friend gave him my Snapchat. I knew who he was. I had spoken to him like twice, so I added him back, not thinking much of it. At the time, SnapMap was new, and I didn't know there was a ghost mode, or whatever it's called, so no one could see your location. We started talking and quickly became friends. I had no idea that he had feelings for me until he asked me out on a date. I nicely declined, making excuses for why I couldn't go, and that's when things started to get creepy. He googled my street and literally counted how many houses there were before mine so he could find it. Then he sent a picture of my house and said, isn't this your house? I said it wasn't because I was so fucking creeped out, but he continued saying he knew it was. At that time, the idea of him using SnapMap didn't even cross my mind since I was panicking so much. A few days later, I had to go to the drugstore with my mom to get her medicine. I had stopped talking to him, but before I left, he texted me something. I had left him on red since my mom told me to hurry and started walking towards the drugstore. The drugstore was about 20 minutes away from my house. There was a guy I used to like working at the drugstore, so me and my mom were gushing about him looking at me and smiling. I was 15 years old. When I came back home, I had internet. I didn't have data, so obviously my messages came up. One of them was from him. I opened it and he asked, Where were you 20 minutes ago? I answered, Um, nowhere? He said, You were at the pharmacy. The worker is cute, isn't he? You have a crush on him. I was so scared and finally realized it was because Snap Maps, so I deactivated it. That was the start of him abusing, stalking, and sexually assaulting me for the next year. Regardless, now that I think about it and understand Snap Maps a lot more, if you don't have data, your position doesn't update. So how did he know where I was? And how did he know I had a crush on that worker? It still creeps me out to this day, but I'd like to believe it's just a coincidence. Okay, so this happened about four years ago when I was 16. I was super vain and worried about my appearance. I always wanted to look pretty, so I would go all out when I went out or took pictures. Curled hair, fake lashes, the whole nine yards. But I've since had kids and have a man that tells me I look beautiful when I look like a hobo and never bother with makeup or anything anymore. Anyways, I had my Snapchat account set to public so anyone could watch my stories or snap me. I always figured if someone is weird or whatever, I can just block them. Yeah, right. Well, one day, I'm out to lunch with my mom when a random dude messages me. He says I'm pretty and all this and that, but being super nice, but I didn't really care to talk to him. So I was just giving him one word replies, hoping that he would get the hint because I hated being rude. Then he asked me if I could send him nudes. Absolutely not, and I tell him so. Well, he didn't like that. He told me that I was a whore, and he hated women because they're all a bunch of sluts, and I'm just mad because no one likes me. <laughs> okay. I told him that he was a psycho, and laughed at him, and he threatened to sue me for defamation. So I thought that was the end of that. Well, it wasn't. I block dude and go about my day, when someone adds me on Snapchat. I look at the user info, and their snap score was a zero and their username was something really weird. They didn't snap me or anything, but continued to watch my stories every single day. Fast forward a few months, and this person snaps me. 
I was doing the same one word replies cause I really didn't feel like talking. You'd think I would learn from the first time, but nope. He starts with nice small talk, then out of nowhere sends me a couple of different selfies of myself that were posted on my stories months ago. He asks me if I can print them out for him, gives me the size he wants them in, and says he'll give me his address. Hold up, what? I immediately shut it down. Then, this dude sends me a couple pictures of myself, framed in his house, on his wall. Fuck no. I told him off real good and blocked him. Then another account adds me, another weird username. I remove it and change my account settings. He still has my username, so he adds me from a million different accounts, which I won't add back. They were all super weird usernames. I won't give the actual usernames, but on Snapchat you can choose different display names, and they were all pretty similar to his usernames. One was, I'm wet. Another was, just add me back. Snapchat also tells you how the person added you, via phone number, user search, quick add, etc. They all said user search, so I know he searched it up, and every account had a snap score of zero, so obviously he had just made the account, and I knew it was him. Weird fucker who keeps adding me on Snapchat years later, because I won't send him nudes. Let's not meet. I used to have my profile set on private to avoid creepy encounters like this. I put it back on public after a while because of a rally I attended and wanted to put my name out there. One day, I received a text message to my number. He claimed to be a man that saw me on Instagram and thought I was beautiful and wanted to get to know me more. At first, I thought it was just some sick joke one of my friends was pulling on me, but quickly I realized it most likely wasn't because the older man followed me shortly before that text. I didn't see it before the text because I didn't have my notifications on for Instagram. I was skeptical and asked him how he got my number in the first place and I thought it was really weird. He claimed he got it off of Instagram, off of my email somehow. But I checked my email and my signature didn't have my contact information. But that wasn't the only flaw in his claim. I didn't have any of my personal information displayed on my Instagram in no way shape or form. He proceeds to keep texting me, introducing himself really specifically as if we were texting on a dating app, saying he was a woman's doctor or whatnot. As creeped out as I was, I didn't want to be rude and take him off, so I politely asked him to not contact me because I wasn't interested in being friends or getting to know a man in his 50s that gave me a flimsy idea of how he got my contact information. The conversation went on with him carrying a lot of it and me repeatedly declining his weird and extremely creepy offer. He continued to glorify my ethnicity, culture, and looks, attempting to try to connect with me on some way or another. Eventually, I got really tired of it and started to tell him that I would call the cops and report his number if he didn't stop texting me. He passive-aggressively threatened me, telling me, You're gonna regret that. Bouncing back and forth between that and being passive saying, I'm just trying to get to know you better. Please give me a chance. I get lonely. I may be old by age, but everyone says I have the heart of a 19 year old. I eventually stopped answering, and at this point, had already gotten some advice from my friends to block the guy on everything. I hope he was only bluffing in his aggressive threats and that he was just a desperate old man. From then on, I usually take an extra look around me before entering my car, going out, 
being more careful on social media and whatnot, it was mostly just terrifying how stubborn, unwilling, and aggressive he was towards me, telling him no, and that I'm not interested, and how I still don't even have a solid way of knowing how he obtained any of my information. This happened about six years ago. I was single and on Bumble. I met Zach and after talking a bit, agreed to meet. We went to dinner and got on well. He had brought flowers and arranged with the waiters to put them at the table, which I thought was unexpected but nice. He had been to a good school, had a good job, and was polite and funny. He basically checked every box on paper. He told me stories about his friends and family. All seemed totally normal. We went out for drinks after dinner and went home. The next morning I get a text from him. I had a great time. Let's do it again. Although there was nothing wrong with him, I just didn't feel a spark. So I said, thank you so much for the great night. And explained it wasn't really what I was looking for, but had a nice time meeting him. I expected that to be it or for him to say no worries. But I got another text. What was wrong? Least you can do is give me another chance. He offered drinks nearby. I didn't answer. That's where things took a turn. Zach started sending me extremely long messages. How dare you do this? We had something really special. I've talked to all my friends and they said it sounded like it was something special too. He would get angry. You're selfish and heartless. How can you hurt me like this? The least you can do is answer me and would then apologize. I'm so sorry. I'm a good guy. I just feel so strongly about this because I never felt this way before and I know that this is true love. I need to know why you don't see it too. Please tell me what went wrong. Let me give you the chance to see what I could see. It went on and on. Essay length messages about how he felt about me and what we could be together. This continued all day every day for about a week. 20 plus long messages a day and he would constantly call me. By the weekend, I was getting calls almost every 10 minutes. My doorbell had also started ringing constantly. When I would check the door camera, whoever it was was crouching down so I couldn't see them. That day, I blocked his number. I didn't get any more surprise visits and moved shortly after. In the following years, I met someone and we had a son together. Life went on. In the last week, I checked my LinkedIn and Instagram. I had two new requests, both from Zach. Although you seemingly still want to, Zach, let's not meet again. Never have ever thought that I would have to worry about someone stalking me. This is from a couple years back, so it's hard to get every detail. I'm sorry if it's not perfect. From a young age, I've always been told about stranger danger and such. I actually had Facebook at a really young age because my parents knew I was aware. I only really got it so I could play this game called Yoville. Anyways, I started an Instagram and grew a significant amount of followers. It's kind of scary not knowing who follows you, but I modeled and it never crossed my mind that someone was watching. It all started when I was going on a trip and received a Snapchat from a username, Hot Daddy. Okay, no thing to it, right? sent a picture of his private parts. Weird, but it's nothing new to many girls. I didn't reply and went on with my day. I wasn't paying too much attention to my phone because I was at the zoo. So every now and then I would take a look on my phone and reply to my friends and such. 
I looked at another message and noticed Hot Daddy again text me saying, You opened my snap. I wouldn't ever think you would reply. Do you still live on? Insert address. Obviously I was shocked. I wasn't going to say I moved. So I said, Yes I did. He explained that he had seen my Instagram photos and me being around town. He named the street that was right by me. So I know he must have lived somewhere down there. He then replied, I've been seeing you for years and was so nervous to talk to you. I was a little confused, thinking it was a joke from one of my friends. I mean, who would actually stalk? He just said a bunch of weird things that I couldn't wrap my mind around. I asked if he was stalking me or something. This wasn't a friend that I knew, but a part of me wished I was. I was always skeptical of the old house after my dad passed away. It wasn't the nicest neighborhood, and a lot of scary things happened when I lived there. It was only my mom, my 15-year-old brother, and 17-year-old me. Hot Daddy replies, I've only seen you walking around. I've never stalked you, but I can if you want me to. He also insisted of picking me up and taking me to McDonald's. Mind you, he still thinks I live there. I wanted to make sure it wasn't one of my friends playing a joke on me, so I asked them to send me a picture. It was a man. I blocked him. I don't know if it was a joke, but one of my friends actually lives on that road and she opened the door one day to a white man asking to mow her lawn. He exclaimed her and pushed open the door a little bit until she replied no. He got her on snap as well so I knew he knew what she looked like. He was an easy target to spot because the majority of the people who lived down that road were not white. He also was a construction worker so it was easy spotting. This was two years back. So hot daddy, or wherever the hell you are, I hope we never meet. This all happened when I was 19. I'm not the best looking dude, so I never had much luck with women and ended up on Tinder. I wasn't having much luck there either until like the third month of using it when a blonde woman named Katie messaged me. She was pretty enough that I just dismissed her as a bot. It wasn't until three days later that she messaged me again, which is odd because bots almost never message more than once. I clicked on her chat and replied, then looked at her profile. What I saw was pretty generic, but definitely wasn't a bot's profile. We had been talking for about a month when she proposed the idea that I come see her. I was pretty reluctant as she lived eight hours from me by car. But I had to admit, I really did like her quite a bit. And I have been thinking about asking her if I could come see her for a while now. After a bit of badgering from her, I finally said that I would take a drive to go see her. At this point, I had no reason to doubt that she was who she said she was. We had video chatted every other week, called on most days. I just assumed that I got really lucky. Things did get a little weird on the way there though. She kept messaging me, asking me where I was, while making sure I was still coming. At some points, when I took more than 30 minutes to respond, she would send me a slew of annoyed texts. Admittedly, I chalked it up to her being nervous about me coming to see her. I was pretty nervous too, so I couldn't blame her. I had a hard time finding her house at first, the directions she gave me were pretty confusing and it was back through a series of gravel and dirt roads and a large thicket of trees. It was still midday when I came onto an old looking house. 
A window on the second floor was boarded up, but it didn't look abandoned, just worse for wear. Katie's red buggy that she liked to talk about was parked in front of the garage. I took out my phone and texted her that I was here. She only sent a smiley face in return. When I got out of the car to knock on the door, I noticed that someone was looking at me from one of the second floor windows. I found it a little creepy but figured it was just her father or something. She had told me that he comes to stay with her every now and again, so I ignored it and knocked on her door. She answered with a smile and gave me a kiss which surprised me and I followed her inside. We sat down on our couch and started talking about our plans when I asked her about her dad. You didn't tell me that your dad was here, I said. Was that going to be a surprise or... Katie looked confused and told me that her dad wasn't here. I still thought she was keeping up the act and told her that she didn't have to keep pretending and that I had seen him looking through the window at me from the upstairs window. Katie went pale and said you gotta get out of here. Now! We both ran to our cars. When I questioned Katie, she informed me that her dad wasn't there and that she had been home alone until I showed up. I called the police and while I was on the phone giving my address, Katie gasped and pointed to the window where I'd seen the guy last. He was looking at us from the window again. I got a better look of him and he seemed older and frail, almost like he hadn't eaten anything in a while. He left the window after he saw that we saw him. The police took a half an hour to show up and the whole time Katie was crying and mumbling about how she was an idiot for not keeping her doors locked. When the police finally did show up, one started asking me and Katie questions as the other two searched the house. They came back out a little later and told me and Katie that they didn't find anyone. They did find the back door was hanging open. Whoever it was had ran out into the woods, but the cops were sure that the house was empty. After the cops left, she asked me to stay the night because she was too scared to be alone in the house right now. I gladly did and we slept downstairs on the couch as Katie's bedroom was the room that was right next to where the man had been. Katie had also brought out a shotgun that her father had given her, but she has never used. I told her it was fine. The man's gone, but she insisted, saying that she'll feel safer if it's out. I'm glad she did. Later that night, I was still wide awake, watching TV. Katie had somehow managed to fall asleep. From the kitchen, I heard the sound of the doorknob being turned. At this point, I wasn't even scared. I was just pissed. I flipped on the light in the kitchen and pointed the gun at the kitchen door. And there he was. The guy that had been at the house before was standing on the other side of the glass door. He looked shocked, and I'm glad we had locked the door. The man unfroze and yet again ran into the woods. I woke up Katie and told her what happened, and we called the police yet again. When they arrived, they did a full sweep of the woods, but found no one. They told Katie and me that it's probably a good idea to stay somewhere else for the night. Me and Katie said our goodbyes. She was going to stay at her friend's house, and I was going home. I left a little after Katie did. I was on the phone with my brother, telling him what happened. My headlights were on. As I was talking, something caught my eye. The fucking man was standing at the corner of the house, just watching me. I gunned it out of there and didn't even bother calling the police again. However, I did text Katie, and she said she was going to call the cops again. I don't think Katie ever went back to the house alone. I'm a 26 year old who has lived in Alaska my whole life. 
This will become important later when you see just how far this person would go to try to be with me. This all happened a few years back when I was in college. Like any woman at my age, I made a grave mistake of attempting online dating. I was using OkCupid to try and find a potential partner, but I also had listed in my bio that I was looking for friends. One day this girl, we'll call her Jen, messaged me. She seemed nice and we got to talking and really hit it off, but I made it clear at this time I wasn't looking for a relationship due to being preoccupied with work and school. I should preface the rest of the story by saying that I'd like to help people and it's really hard for me not to. Honestly, it has been the biggest flaw I've had over the years, a contributing factor in multiple abusive relationships I've been in before and since this incident. Anyway, the results of this has been that I tend to drain myself to try to help others and it attracts unsavory and unstable people. We start going into conversation about our various interests and eventually we stumble across gaming as a mutual interest. Jen suggests we play a new game, Ark Survival Evolved. It's a cursed rune of games that wasn't very optimized for any system. To be honest, it was an absolute dumpster fire of a game, but at the time I thought it had a lot of potential. So I spent countless hours making various bases and trading dinosaurs. Jenny and I spent a lot of time in the multiplayer building things and training dinosaurs and talking and having a good time. During this time she opened up to me about a lot of the abuse she had suffered in past relationships and from family that didn't accept her for being gay. Having also been through some difficult times, I felt a lot of empathy for her and would try to build her up and talk her out of self-hating talk when I had the energy to. This is when the trouble started though. I had noticed that she had been a bit too friendly with me and kept being overtly sexual and flirting for a week or two. It all started in the game, roleplay kind of stuff. She was really nice, but totally not my type. I had addressed the situation multiple times, saying that it made me feel very uncomfortable. But every time we had that conversation, Jen would tell me that she understood and would back off. You know the drill. It never got through to her. By this time, we had started having communications on a chat app called Telegram. I wasn't always on my computer, so it seemed like a convenient solution. I started noticing that a lot of the emojis she was using displayed a very similar lack of respect for my boundaries. Just as before, I would mentioned this to Jen that it made me feel uncomfortable. I knew she had a lot going on upstairs, but me being me, I have always been a gentle soul. It's always been very difficult for me to set firm boundaries and to keep those especially when someone is suffering. One weekend was very busy with homework and a double shift at work, so I ended up getting home very late. I booted up my computer just to check some emails as I ate dinner before zonking out. When Steam loaded, I noticed that I had a hundred missed messages and comments, all from Jen. About 30 minutes later, my phone starts going off. Mind you, this is at 12 a.m. Alaskan time, so this would have been 3 a.m. for her. She called my cell phone number with what she had saved from Telegram. She was absolutely out of control. 
From the moment I picked up the phone, she was screaming obscenities and slurs, intercepted with confessions of love and desperate pleas for me to unblock her so that we could be friends again and that she would make it up to me and all that crap. I tried to explain to her that what she had done was out of line and that I just didn't have the emotional capacity to go through another abusive relationship, but she was having absolutely none of it. I did the only thing I could do. I ended the call and blocked her number. Five minutes later, I get a call from an unrecognized private number and pick up, knowing exactly what I was in for. It was her again, calling from her parents' landline. I immediately hung up. 15 seconds goes by and my phone rings again. I dismiss the call. My phone rang again about five minutes later from the same number. This goes on for a solid 15 minutes before I turned off my phone and went to bed. It was a fairly sleepless night, but thankfully, the next day, I had class in the evening, so I had the opportunity to sleep in. I woke up from my okay sleep and turned my phone on to find over 100 missed calls and about as many voicemails. I checked my telegram to talk to a different friend about the chaos that was going on to find messages from six new accounts. Most of them just off-the-wall text filled with the same out-of-control ramblings that she had said on the phone. They were the texts of someone who had completely lost it all over the place in tone and message, switching back and forth between I love you and awful slurs with little regard of spacing, punctuation, capitalization, or general legibility. I was horrified. I mean, I had seen a fair share of breakdowns, but never ones that impacted me directly. Then I got a phone call, same unknown private number, hoping that she had calmed down enough to reason. I picked up the phone and she started sobbing and screaming, starting right back in. Mad as hell, I screamed into the phone for her to shut up, and for the first time in probably 14 hours, she did. Very clearly, I told her not to call me again and that she had gone way over the line and I wanted nothing to do with her after this. In a calm, monotone voice, she makes me shudder to this day when she said, What do I have to do to prove my love for you? Do you want me to kill myself? How about my dog? I can kill her for you. Honestly, I was shocked. I just told her no and that if she loved me, she would move on and get help. This was the worst possible answer. Immediately, she started screaming again. I hung up. I'm shaking again, just remembering this all. She called me back consistently for the rest of the morning until I turned my phone off. The next day I went in and got my number changed, hoping that that would be the end of it. A few days passed and I'm at work. My boss comes over to me saying that there's a call from my mom. I thought nothing of it until I picked up the phone and heard Jen's voice on the other end. She started talking about how she had started cutting herself and how she would keep going until she was dead if I didn't unblock her. So I hung up the phone without a word. I told my boss to not bother me with phone calls unless it was from a known listed number on my emergency contact file. With my new phone, I set up Telegram again and started going through blocking all of her other accounts, but this still wasn't the end of it. For about six months after the whole thing went down, every few weeks I would get a new telegram contact on a new number begging me to unblock her so we could be together. I know it's not some big climactic end, 
but honestly, what could I do? All I knew of her at the time was her first name, screen name, and state. If I had reported to the police, nothing would have been done anyways. The cops here don't take kindly to queer people like myself, so I just didn't want to risk any BS with them. Oh, and to the Jen, the out-of-control lesbian from Ark Survival Evolved, I hope you've gotten help, but please let's never meet again. Hi there. I'm usually a reader, like a lifetime reader on Let's Not Meet, but I'm a first time poster. Anyway, here's something that happened to me recently. I had gotten a notification saying that someone had added me on Snapchat. I checked how they had added me and it said they added me by user. I added them back and they immediately text me, just a simple, hi, and how are you doing? Sweet, right? Now in my mind, I knew that this could go two ways. I would reply and have an actual nice conversation with them, or they could just ignore what I said and send me unwanted pictures. Well, I got lucky, or so I thought. They went the first way, and they were really nice until they lied. I asked them how they found my account, and his response was, I randomly added you. I then asked how old he was. He responded with 25. I'm a female that is only 15. Please keep that in mind. I tell him that I shouldn't start texting him and he said he understood and called me love. Red flags. Hours later he started texting me again asking me if it was possible to get to know each other and go on a date. I said no because I'm underage. He didn't take no for an answer and comes at me with, but I want to spoil someone. I'm the manager at this company that I've been working at for 4 years, blah blah blah. And like I said, I'm a longtime reader, so automatically I was like, hell no, I know how this shit goes. He then proceeds to tell me about himself, and to my shock, he lives in my city. I turn off my location and everything. He starts asking me, and I ignore his questions, and ask him what he looks like. He tries to play the reverse Uno card on me, and I play it back, earning his username instead of his name he had before. He had blocked me. So dear Mateo, let's not meet ever again. Whether it's on social media or real life. And yes, I still don't want to go on a date with you. I was on Snapchat for like 20 seconds when all of my friends have already reposted some weird messages saying a senior had threatened to shoot up the school. The message by the guy said, Mothers will mourn. Siblings will cry. Fathers will remember. I'm going to kill someone this week. God help me. Then there was this video of him shooting an AR-15. I was creeped the fuck out. I started calling my mom and dad, crying and begging them not to take me to school tomorrow. Luckily they said they heard, and me and my big sister didn't go to school. Even luckier, the three kids were arrested for the plot of that threat, and nothing happened that day. I don't know what happened to the guy who said it, but all I know is, soon he'll get the help that he needs. <laughs>